Oh, 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 guys, I almost started without it. I almost did it. In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. I've got nipple gongs, Greg. Can you gong me? All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Becca did it better. We are all the way up to album 126. Our journey through the next quarter of the albums. God damn it, I got to edit that out. I had so much energy and then I fucking blow it like that. Well, see you guys later. Good show. Uh, And from 1994, it's the album that jumped all the way up on the last time this album jumped all the way up from 281. God, wow. it sounds like my weight freshman year of college. Uh, it's My Life by Mary J. Blige. Okay, so no laughs on that. So we're off to a strong start. Thank you so much. You got down to 126. I, I would love to what? see those photos. That's like That's if Rob only if Rob was only one leg and it had to do a water cut, he'd be at 126. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. Okay. Uh, you know what? No, we're not messing around today. We're gonna make this a quick uh we're gonna make this a quick episode. Let's Light get work. right yes. guys. Yes. Listen, we are going to turn on the radio and let's just see what's on. And you know what? It could be anything. It could be any channel. I'm just going to flip the dial. Let's go to a random station. It's not a big deal. Everybody, welcome to K-Rob. K-R-O-B. Now listen, today we have a... What are you going to call it? Wait, what is that? I better two breaks there. Oh my gosh, we got a caller. Oh. K-Rob, caller. <laughs> K-Rob. Hi, is this K-Rob? Yes, it is. Um, I, I just wanted to say that I miss my husband used the downstairs bathroom. And I love it. I recommend everyone does it this way. So, do we have downstairs? Yes. Upstairs? Good, no, no. Okay. Have a good one. (laughs) That's the real story. I got a note from my wife. She wants to talk to me. She's mad after standing up because it's manly. She doesn't want any strife. So she told me, Matt, you need to go downstairs when you see. <laughs> My wife is telling me when I need to take it some personal time or a bathroom break. Yeah. Downstairs is where I'm assigned, it's where I find time. To unwind So I put in something just for me Helps keep me so clean I know I'm the man of my house Some guys run their house I don't need to listen to my spouse That's a guy that runs his house But I go down anyway I like to blast off with my birthday. <laughs> I got the water pressure turned up in there. Now the jokes on my wife, cause she never sees me. If you see my anus, it's A plus clean. Oh, that's great. <laughs> It's like a car wash for my B-U-T-T. And I can fill myself up if I get thirsty. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. 
Hey, whoever that caller was sounded nervous. Look it up. Definitely. All right. He was. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Did we make it this far and that's the first time you've said the word anus in a song? That's actually really impressive. Yeah, well, you know, you find a rhyme for it. I think I, I like that rhyme, B-U-T-T. But the idea of Matt being like, I'm so thirsty, and then using his bidet and be like, oh, I'm not thirsty anymore. Like, that made me laugh so hard when I was recording it. I left it in. You can hear me laugh at my own joke. All right, listen. Welcome to Back to the Better. We are talking about Mary G. Day Blige, my life. And with me, I've got three guys. You know what? They're 90s kids, okay? So they're going to know this album like crazy. I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, great. Just great, Rob. Thanks for having me. I got to go use the bathroom, but I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got somebody who changed his name today to Puffy Daddy. I've got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? Oh, guys, podcasting on a Tuesday night. We're not going to cuss and fight. We're just going to make it right. Ooh, there's work to do. I want to get real close to you. Like Matt's bidet. I want to get you in the mood. (laughs) All we can do is think about Matt's bidet. It's it's all that's running through our minds. (laughs) Matt's running it on his little brain downstairs. We're, it's running through our big brain upstairs. Uh, <laughs> and listen, out in California, I've got a guy. Now, Aaron, actually, it was he had a bit of a medical emergency this week. He, uh, he ate six toy yeah. horses. He accidentally ate six toy horses. Uh, but you know what the good news was, Aaron? I, I called the, the hospital to see, are you doing? And the doctor said your condition was stable. Condition was stable. Ooh. <laughs> uh, stable. <laughs> stable. Uh, uh, Aaron, how are you doing? All right, Rob, what I got will make you spend money. Let's talk about Mary J. Blige. Nice. I like nice. that. Speaking of which, Vegas is coming up. I hey. am uh, I am not going to bet this week of the playoffs just to get my tolerance back up. So I'm ready for Las Vegas. <laughs> it's going to be great. And you guys are going to hear with our live recording just how bad I'm gonna, we're going to sound in Vegas. Because we're going to get, my plan is, guys, we're going to get absolutely capital B blasted and do an episode. <laughs> great. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, Matt, before I forget, do you want me to bring a package of gummies from New York for you? Yeah. Okay. Sure. I, I mean, can buy I, them, I, so I'll, I'll bring them and that'll, that'll be no problem. Yeah. Otherwise, just know what the uh, dosage is, would you? So you're not giving us the 50s again. <laughs> that wasn't right. Still, I'm going to keep I mean, it in the, the shop. It wasn't right. <laughs> I said to Russell, don't have another one. Don't tell me what to do. I'll have another one if I want to. Listen. I literally, I, it was one o'clock. We can keep this in. I don't care. It was, But it was one o'clock in the afternoon, and I could not pick up my chips. That was as high as I've ever been in my life. I could not. I was, we were playing blackjack, and I had to go because I could not put in my was, next bet. Was that the one where the dealer told the same story 10 times? Were you there at that table? No, Matt was gone by that <laughs> Jesus Christ. The guy told the same story. And Joe About and a high Russell roller. and I, yeah, and Joe and I, Russell, looked at each other. We're like, he just told that story the ninth time, right? Like, we're not crazy, right? It was one of those times where you're like, this isn't fun anymore. This is not good, but we're going to do then, it all over again. I then had the greatest time of my life looking at the Jimmy, the Margaritaville color green <laughs> and thinking about all the other things that are that same color, yeah. like Mountain Dew, uh, slime from yeah, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, slime. Yeah. Nickelodeon slime, and it just cracked me up that that was such a unique color. The only disappointing thing about it is we're going a week later this year, right? And I did get a text from the Richfield guys wondering if we were going to meet them on oh, no. Saturday night no. at the King's Corner. Oh, no. oh. And I had to inform <laughs> they weren't. And so 
They may or may not be trying to bribe the bartender oh. into looking out for one of you no. guys who they have a picture of oh, to see no. if they can get a shot the next week. That so. was, of course, the infamous time where they somehow put a shot into a giant dra- beer draft glass and were like, here, somebody <laughs> drink this. And somebody drank it. And then that's a, then the next thing I know, the next morning, we're looking through the photos and we're like going through all these different casinos. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that. Don't remember that. Uh, not great. Listen, let's get right into the voicemail. Where you think you're going, baby? It's a positive voicemail song. Yeah, I like this song. Crazy, but here's my number. So call me. On the back line, 802-277. Beck. That's 802-277. Aaron. I fucking did it. Aaron, hold off. I That's did it. I almost called you a dumb shit just out of habit. I fucking this, did it. This is a quick one. I fucking did it. Did Aaron hear about Gangsta Boo or IP? I, yes. I Aaron, did. so that is a caller from Memphis who was wondering if you heard about Gangster Boo. Now, Aaron, can you explain what's going on? Yes, Gangster Boo sadly passed away last weekend, or I think the weekend of New Year's, perhaps. And she is uh, one of the original members of 3-6 Mafia, one of the hardest rappers to ever come along and the hardest rap groups that ever came out. She got her start. I, I read a really great um, eulogy of her by Tom Bryan, who's an excellent rap blogger. And uh, she got her start at age 15 in 3-6 and was just, you hear her right there. She was full of swagger, full of life, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, passed away this last weekend. But I do appreciate our listener reaching out. And one of the absolute dirtiest. Like, if you think Lil' Kim is dirty, like, Gangsta Boo's got, got some stuff for you. Oh, no, wait a minute. Now I'm, now I'm more interested. Who are, the, who are the dirtiest female rappers of all time, Aaron? If you were going to do a mini list, who are the dirtiest oh, female I mean, rappers I mean, ever? Is Lil' Kim be, on there or not? Yeah, it's got to be Lil' Kim and Gangsta Boo. Oh, man, I don't know. Is the Lady of Rage We're, dirty or no? Not, not that dirty, I don't think. Not the, like... I mean, I, I think that. Uh, well, who's the gal now? What's Megan, her name? The, not, Megan the Stallion is, yeah. is trying to get to get into Megan that. Megan the Stallion. She's is trying to awesome. break into that top two. She's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, I think she's, she's probably the most talented. Yeah. Now I want to I want to make something very clear with you. I had a date tonight to make love to my wife, and instead she found out I was doing the podcast. She's like, "Oh, we'll just move it." And I was like. Pfft. So I just want to show you guys how committed I am to the podcast that I'm here. Okay. Um, <laughs> if we get too fast enough, is there myself, still time if, or no? If, if she said to me, if she said to me one thing that like they say in WAP, you know what I mean? Like if she was like, oh, use your nose like you credit card swipe. I would <laughs> in my pants. Like that would be the hottest <laughs> thing ever. Instead of like what I normally hear, which is like, oh, my hair. Ouch. Ouch. My hair. You're on my hair. You're on my hair. <laughs> I think I've got Jenny's number. I could just send her a quick right, text. It feels like I see why she's yeah. not listening. She could really what, pick up some pointers. Matt, what exactly would that text say? Uh, Rob would like you to quote the song Wet Ass Pussy to him. <laughs> yeah. As, oh, yeah. Yeah. As foreplay. First of and all, see what happens. I don't think yeah. she knows what that song is. Second of all, she wouldn't do it. Like, that's not foreplay something basically, like, oh. I mean, Rob just said it's basically five play. So she doesn't even have to make the date. She just recites the lyrics and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, she might like that actually. Less <laughs> less contact. I love I'll, I'll say it again. I love dirty female rappers. I just I cannot get enough of it. There's something about it that's I mean, it really deep down, it's super erotic, don't you think? Like it's just I mean, honestly, Beyonce kind of gets an honorable mention now. Like she really has upped her upped her dirty, dirty lyrics game. So I I think she gets a shout out too. 
Oh man, I just I I don't know. Russell, who, what do you think about dirty female rappers? Do you does it tickle your pickle or what's going on here? I, I swiped on as many dirty female rappers when I was back in the oh. in the dating game and oh. a lot a lot of swipe rights, a lot of, a lot of matches, Rob. How many licks does it take to the get to the middle of the Tootsie Pop or whatever? There we right? go. Yeah, that was the brat, right? The brat's got to be up there too. Is, is foreplay one word or two? <laughs> F O R E P L A Y. Is that a sport? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you're sending the text. He's trying that, to that, would be a, that would be a great opening bumble line, wouldn't it, Matt? Is foreplay what, two words or one word or two? <laughs> Dirty rappers is what Russ calls all the used up dental dams on his bedroom floor. Oh, jeez. Oh. What? Can you imagine going into like a Dwayne Reed and being like, hey, do you use any dental Whoa. dams? Oh. I mean, at some point you just put a condom on your tongue, right? Oh. What? Oh Squeeze God. the tip before you put it on. It could go anywhere. Uh, rolling nice. going, Aaron. How's it going with you? It's going great. I have made a musical rediscovery over the last uh, month. It's been a long time since we talked. I think the last time we chatted, we Russell asked what my son thought of the Nine Inch Nails record or maybe the U2 record. And I said he was pretty... Yeah, so we didn't get through much YouTube because he was really stuck on Elvis Costello. But I got tired over Christmas break of Elvis Costello, so I thought, well, maybe I'll try some Green Day and see what he thinks. So I put there on you Dookie. Go. There you go. I That's put Dookie on. Favorite. And from the, yeah. it's Eddie's favorite. Well, yeah, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, but yeah, Eddie Eddie's into Green Day now. So yeah, it's so great. Like I put it on, he immediately was like, he said, "Who's this song artist?" He wanted to know right away. Yeah. Song artist. Okay. Yes. Uh, are you talking about Mike Dirt? Yeah, right. And I got to say, guys, I'm, I might have a new policy that everything is going to be rolling grown until we get to until we get to do that like album that is so good. I don't understand how we haven't heard it yet. It's so good. And I know it's you know what year you know, it came derivative. out. You know what year it came out, Rosie? I do, because we talked about this. 1994. 1994. 1994. Greatest Max, year yeah. of all time. You hear Max Aaron's theory. kid walking around going. All by myself. <laughs> no one was looking. I was thinking of you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh or, my God, he found the mystery oh, yeah, song. How do you even do that anymore right? with B3s? Am I just down? <clears throat> Aaron, is your, is your son at the age where a term dookie is super funny to him? Or is he still a little below that age? Or, or where's he at in the the potty yeah, humor Russell, phase? Russell, I, I just want to stop everybody. Russell, that's a great question. <laughs> Poop is still absolutely at the, at the top of the heap for humor. Um, but he did not know what the term dookie meant. So once we told him, then yeah, he was over the moon. But uh, I, I did no, get my nephew a, a birthday card this last weekend, and he's turning seven. So he's in the prime age. Matt, you, Rob, you you might know better than I do, but he seems like he's in the prime age where about every ten minutes is some sort of poop or fart joke from him, right? And that's yeah. Uh, so I played right into it as an uncle, and I got him a birthday card where it had kind of like the Christmas poo on the front, and then <laughs> in the middle of the card it said, it's your duty to have a good day, and he yes. got a kick out of it being his duty to have a good day. <laughs> I mean, poop jokes never really get old. You know, Mike has thought that was so funny when they were seven. Uh, the works of Chaucer. They love the Canterbury <laughs> Tales, okay? Because my kids are actually super educated. <laughs> Oh, the baker? Ho, ho, ho. What a funny story or whatever. I had to read that <laughs> shit in high school. It's terrible. The works we've been getting into are Calvin and Hobbes. We got a Calvin and Hobbes book from the library, yep. and he will not let us return this thing. We're just continually no. renewing it. And I uh, I didn't realize until reading this that that Hobbes is actually a stuffed 
Tiger and everyone else knows that that Hobbs is stuffed and he comes alive just for Cal. I did like I always just thought he was like a figment of Cal's imagination. Never understood that Hobbs is actually a real life. Did you have a childhood? What yeah. the fuck is your problem? I have been <laughs> I mean, nice to you for I a couple episodes. I don't know. But this is ridiculous. Like, do you think that Garfield actually talks to John Arbuckle? Like, are you need yes. to go on a whole comics discovery. No, it's thought bubbles. Look at it. It's thought <laughs> bubbles every time he does it. What do you mean? Garfield's not actually talking to the man? Oh, my God. It's fucking thought bubbles. I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> so, really, like, Garfield's not. He's just thinking to himself. That's yeah, he's a cat. He's what a cat. It's, but it's a comic See, look book. It. Look at it. It's all thought bubbles. Garfield never says anything. Although in this comic, he is saying Z. So I think that's snoring, but there you go. He's no, look at he's this one. Garfield, oh, he's just up. thinking the whole time while John Arbuckle is talking at him, isn't he? Yeah, it's a cat. So you really, I, I'll tell you what, I was a Calvin and Hobbes addict growing up. I like I had yeah, every book. I read them constantly and I read them till I was like way too old. I read them till I was like 16, 18, like religiously. I'd read them all the time. And then, you know what comic I really got into? Dilbert for some reason. I oh, love no. Dilbert. I love no. the work pace comedy. And then all of a sudden it turned on. Wah, wah. Oops. Probably not. So I mean, that right is now. a concern. Like Calvin Hobbes is like in the wrong hands. It could be a gateway to, to certain attitudes, you know, like the, you, you like, you don't want to get too yeah. straight too far from sincerity at this age, right? Like you don't want to get into sarcasm too early, but yeah, I didn't realize no, I got into sarcasm really earlier and it actually worked out great. No big deal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> or if he starts getting into Garfield too early, he'll just eat a lot of lasagna and have a weight problem. Yeah. <laughs> he likes the Garfield. There's a Netflix Garfield show he likes and Garfield swims in a sea of marinara. Um, and then the final thing I got to tell you guys, I have a, I mean, you guys know I have problems, but I've realized I have a, I have a new problem, um, which is that, I can't stop buying tote bags. Like I just have too many ah, nice. tote yep. bags. Like yep. I went in huge problem. I, yeah. I went into the wine shop the other day that I've been going to forever. And it was like, Oh, we finally have our own tote bag with our logo on. And I was like, well, obviously I need to spend $34 on this tote bag. Like no, wait a minute. $34 for a wine tote bag. It was a bag. Well, bag. Well, I'm hitting it. <laughs> I haven't hit this one in a while. That was Aaron's. I'm holding one here that I got from my brother's resort. Yes. A tote bag should always be a free giveaway. You should right. never have to pay for a tote bag or like two bucks. Russell, yes. did you hear how much he paid for the tote bag? I, I did. I didn't want it's to. It's a very nice bag. bag. It's a nice 30. bag. Four fucking dollars for a tote bag. I would tell that wine store to kiss my cork if they offered me thirty-four dollars for a tote bag. That tote bag better. That tote bag better. You know what? I, you know what I think that tote bag better do for thirty-four dollars. I don't want to like say it. If, yeah. if Aaron put his son's lightsaber in the tote bag, it would be the same cost as one year of college. <laughs> yeah, that's an idea. Yeah, this tote bag doubles as a dental dam. Does anybody else have a, an, an addiction that they, or is it tote bags for everybody? I, well, it, mine's a little bit different is that I cannot find the proper bag, like all in one bag. And I keep trying to find whether it be a backpack, whether it be uh, like an airplane carry on. Oh, I cannot yeah. find the right one either. It doesn't have enough room for like my second pair of shoes or it doesn't have a water carrier, you know, to put a thing or you can't easily sleep. I cannot find a perfect bag. And so I am ever on the quest to find the most perfect bag. I don't want it too big. Don't want it too small. 
I don't want like a thing bag. over my, you know, I, I it's got to either have wheels or I got to be able to put on my back, but it can't be too big on your back. So I don't know. That's my uh, problem is I keep trying to find the most perfect bag for work and for travel, but who knows? Yeah, it's bad. You know what my wife's addiction is? And this is sick. It's powerlifting knee sleeves. I bet she oh. has eight ah. pairs of knee sleeves. All different sizes for when she gains or loses weight. And she buys new ones all the time. People be like, this one's really good. And she just buys it. I'm like, what? I've used the same pair of knee sleeves for like the last five years. It's fine. It's, it's fucking knee sleeves. You should Sometimes. probably wash them. Sometimes I do. My, my knees don't <laughs> smell that bad. So that's it. That's my problem. Uh, how's it going? Rolling going with Russell. Rolling going. Things are going well. Do you guys know we're coming out of the holidays and I need to go to the dating advice corner to get some oh, feedback on how I may have handled get, get, some situations get, get. over the last few weeks? <laughs> a little update. A little update. Little it's advice pretty warm corner. there. Pretty warm. As a secondary yeah. note, I'm also single. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be after this episode, but we'll find out. <laughs> you keep saying that. So, so as you guys know, we talked about a few weeks ago about how what the rules are with going to um, someone you're dating's parents' house or their family's house, whether how much time you have to spend, do you have to spend the night, those types of things. So I thought I could um, fill you guys in on how this situation went for me, um, tell you how I handled some of the situations. You can tell me whether I did the right thing or didn't do the right thing. Is that okay, all right great. to you? Excellent. Sounds great. Yeah. So I think the first question has to be, um, especially for people who live in Minnesota, Minneapolis area, I know East Coast has had bad weather recently. What is the rule about going to um, an in-laws or someone you're dating's parents or their family if the roads are really bad? Let's say the government is saying, advising you not to go on the roads, not to travel. If it were your own family, it's easy to just say, no, no. we're not doing it. But when it's someone else's family, it's a little different. What are the rules about traveling um, under treacherous conditions to a, uh, someone's house? Don't do it. You don't do it. I have, I have personal experience with this. We, we delayed our flight because we didn't want to travel under the treacherous conditions. I'm on your side, Russell. And did you, did you face any grief over that decision or anything, Aaron, or no? No, I don't think so. I think people understood. Russell, let's, let me just put it this way. I think there's a certain type of person in this world where if they really want to go do something, you just got to <laughs> suck it up and go do it. Otherwise, your life is going to be capital M miserable for a while. Oh. You just, if they say, listen, this is my family. I know we could die. Let's go drive through a snowstorm and go see him. You just, it's just, your life's going to be, honestly, if you go 360 and fall off a cliff, that will be better than the, uh, what will happen if you don't, if you just say, oh, I don't want to go. And then it's a little snowy and icy and stuff like that. So, so it was a little snowy and icy and, and we were making it, I, I believe it was, um, under the 90 minute rule. As you guys said, I looked it up. So it was uh, under yeah, the 90 yeah. minute rule, but. Uh, made our way down to this this place about 90 minutes away, um, and about 20 minutes in the drive, you realize it's horrible road conditions. You can barely stay on the yeah. road. You can't see, and this is even in like the highways where super icy, um, nerve wracking, white knuckling it the whole time. Now, can I can I just ask a question real quick? Yeah, was anybody else in the car just talking to you this whole time? Like maybe nothing was happening. It wasn't a big deal. They were just chatting away, and maybe you were trying to focus on the road. And you got really stressed about it. No, for the most part, this person was very understanding that the road conditions weren't good. The only discussion we so had. I've got a question, point, though. Which which yeah. day was this? Was it Friday, Saturday, Thursday, like Sunday? Which day? Which day of that weekend was it? 
I don't. I'd have to go look. Let's oh, say it's geez. Christmas. Let's say it's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, whatever Oof, day yeah, that was, is. Yeah, you still know. Like everything was like, don't drive that day. So we de- we decide to drive. We we were we are Santa informed. Claus. We are informed, and we yeah. look, and it, certain roads in this general vicinity are closed. That, yeah, they, they are closed. They don't close cannot even no use reason. them at this point. So our strategy is we'll wait a little bit later in the afternoon to when they're open because that makes sense, right? We got to just wait for them to be cleared, and then it won't be so bad. But the the first the one question I would have is if you're going on a, a trip like this and Google Maps tells you to go one way and the person you're riding with let's call them your shotgun person is telling you to go a different way and they've driven this route before do you listen to Google Maps or do you listen to your shotgun person Google Maps 100% Google Maps that goes Google Maps <laughs> absolutely yeah. Yep. I can I can tell you some people when you get out into maybe I don't know maybe like a very country area, the roads they want you to take are barely roads. They are like little trails through cornfields, and, and there's no way they're going to be plowed whatsoever. I think you got to stick with Google Maps. But honestly, if, I, if I'm in that situation again, Russell, you got to listen to them. Otherwise, your life is just going to be miserable. That's the way it is. Yeah, you're out there going through Glencoe and Silver Lake, and you don't know what the hell street you're supposed to turn on. I'd I'd stick with Google Maps too. So I, I did go with Google Maps. I did hear about this about halfway when I was going down a, a cliff in Henderson, terrified that we were going to fall <laughs> off the cliff, that they said, well, the only bad part of this route is now we've got to go back up the hill, which is even worse than going down, which my yep. shotgun person told me um, no. at that point in the trip. But I didn't listen to them. I decided to go with Google Maps. I don't know if it was the right decision or not. But I once spun a 360 on that very hill. I know exactly what you're talking about in a very similar situation. I'm just going to no comment and say that nobody mentioned that a similar incident to me during this trip, Rob. Well, if you guys are both on this road, it must be a pretty popular road then if you've both it's traveled this road. I would travel on the same place. Right. Russ and I are both taking that road less traveled. So let's say hypothetically, <laughs> a few minutes after I get to this road where Rob maybe has spun out in his life, I realize there is no way I can drive home that night. I can't leave oh. in the dark. Because oh. I can, oh, no. You, you can literally barely see in the daytime the road. You, you understand that, like, you have to make a choice and you have to commit. There is no, we can't drive back at night. What? So you're staying. I, yeah, I'm just pic- I'm picturing Russell is talking out of the left side of his mouth yeah. on the way out. God, we should be going. No, we could. We should not be in this. And then on the way home, it's oh, we can get through this just fine. We'll make it home. No problem. We this aren't going to handle anything. Yeah. <laughs> so we. So I make the decision about 20 minutes from our destination because I. I like. I don't know if. I can be a nervous driver. If I'm by myself, it usually doesn't bother me. But when other people are with me, I tend to be a nervous driver if the roads are bad. And I was like, I can't see the road in the middle of the day when the sun's out. Yeah. I don't see how we can go back at night in this, right? No. Of course so, not. So I, I make the call. I tell, with you? I tell the shotgun partner in my car. I bet they have lots of toothbrushes you, there, actually. You actually tell, never need to bring one. It's not a big deal. <laughs> you've got to tell your family we have to stay the night. I can't I can't drive out in this. I, nice. I'll lose my mind. So we are officially staying the night despite being at 89 miles away. <laughs> so my first question so the plan worked. So the plan worked. So we get there and they the got first you. question. It's like a Venus flytrap. Russell goes in. He's like, oh, what is this delicious nectar? I'm just going to have a little sip. And next thing you know, everything is closing around him and he's stuck. <laughs> so speaking of things being stuck. So I, I'm oh, a planner. I, I, I am always prepared. I bring stuff with me just in case. So like I have a backpack with the clothes in it just in case I need something on a trip like that. Right. Right. 
And we get there and immediately my shotgun partner tells me, well, they don't have any change of clothes if we're staying the night. So they need to go to town because they need a change of clothes. So we get there and immediately my shotgun partner and five of the family members jump in a truck and yep. leave me at the house with three with three of the family members that I don't know very well. What are I, your thoughts on being left with random family members that you've maybe only a, met once or twice in your it's life? It's a good test. It's a good test for you. I, I, I applaud this shotgun rider of yours or whoever. They just were left. really thinking it, through. It, yeah, they're this thinking through this. I, I could just, One, they trapped you there. Two, yep. they trapped you with some family you don't know. I mean, they're yeah, they're, this is some uh, checkers versus chess being played <laughs> you by think the shotgun. You think it was on chess. purpose? You're saying. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. They're they're putting the they're they're dropping in. They're they're seeing. They're like putting little spies around. Russell, my advice there is just start drinking. I mean, what are you gonna yep. do? You're just like, hey, you're you're in it. Just start drinking. Loosen up a little bit. Talk with that family. That you know, I will go say to a this. Uh, state. Yeah. Hey. Hey, give me your phones. I'm going to download a podcast for you. They were all very nice. They were all very hospitable. Um, the shotgun partner's mother actually offered me wine immediately when I got there. Very mm-hmm. hospitable people. Very nice. So um, it, it wasn't awkward or anything. We we had a good time. And, and hmm. But there were definitely family members that had been there for like three days and had been oh. stuck in the house. And the oh. moment they had a chance to get out. Like half the people jumped in the truck and were like, yeah, we're going to the store. I was like, wait, what? The one thing I I did is um, I didn't know if these people, if they drink at holiday events or something like that, if we're supposed to bring anything. I brought some wine down just in case, Mike, it can't hurt to bring it and people can can drink drink it if they want. So, But I I brought more than enough. I'll just put it that way. So my, my next question is, is if you're at if you're stuck overnight for something like that, is there a limit on how many glasses of wine or how many drinks you can have? Can no. you do whatever you want? Do you have to follow like a brother-in-law's lead? If they start having more drinks, can you have more? What's the rules? Wait, did you refer to him as a brother-in-law? No, you know what I'm, you know what I'm, Wait, no, whoa, no. What's hey, going on? Whoa, whoa. you know what I'm implying. <laughs> if, if it's, if it's, oh, if he, it's must be, shotgun, he must be a barrister. Your shotgun partner's brother is, if he's having some drinks, can you, you <laughs> follow barrister. his lead or what's the, what's the rule? I mean, you gotta I, know yourself, right? I mean, I, 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 I cannot follow anybody down the shot game or slamming beers or anything like that. Like right. that, that would ruin it for me. But you know, you got to know your own game, but, don't you? But, if you can hang or not. So what if, what if I'm saying, I think I'm the leader in the pack, but I don't want to make it clear that I'm the leader of the pack by always being the guy who's going up to get another glass of wine. If that makes sense. I mean, honestly, to tell you the truth, Russell, I think you do that first time down there is like, yeah. that's, you got to behave. You got to behave yourself, right? Like you got to be good. You got to do maybe one or two or three or four less than you would normally do. Like, I think that would be a good, I, do I, the dishes. I, I think that's a good thing. Now I would say maybe if you've been down there a bunch of times, okay. A couple of times you could just get absolutely blasted and nobody cares at all. It is your time to do whatever you want because everybody I thinks think- you're wonderful for being with, you know, just being there in the first place. That's what I would do. I think it's just about, you know, it's about managing the perception. So wine is difficult. If they see you getting up to do the refill, that's, that's problematic. But if you can find a way to do those refills on the slide, maybe keep your glass at the same level all the time. So it's never empty, you know, nice. or if you, if you wow. switch from wine to something else, you know, you get the, you get the tumbler full of uh, liquid with ice in it. And, you know, you just roll with that for, for the night and nobody knows exactly what but, old, old Russ is drinking, but he's feeling good. An opaque glass. That yes. is a classic move. An <laughs> opaque glass. And you start with just putting Diet Coke in there and you pour it right at the table and you, you, you just have a big Diet Coke. And you're like, ah, hope this doesn't keep me up tonight. You know what I mean? And the next thing you know, you're in the bathroom putting a bunch of whiskey in there. Oh, but just got to go back to the bathroom real quick. They hear you moving the toilet tank around. Hey, what is that guy doing in there? 
I kind of thought the key was just to get one person on your side. As long as you have one person oh, yeah. in the building who's kind of on your team, I think yeah. that's the way to go. So at, at this house, there was a, a gentleman there who um, nobody was ever offering to get him a glass of wine when they got up. A lot of times people get up, they'd say, hey, Aaron, do you need some, Rob? Do you need Matt? Do you need something? Um, and no one was offering this gentleman anything. And he kind of made a point about that. So the next time I got up to grab a glass of wine, I said, sir, can I grab you anything while I'm up? And yeah. all of a sudden he's on team Russ. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? How That's could you good. resist? Good. I, we're all on team Russ. I mean, let's you just do it. You, you want to make sure it's not the, the, the outlaw of the family, right? You don't want to be the excommunicated uncle that you're. Yep. That's yeah. on your side. Hey Russell, you want to do, go do Coke with me in the bathroom? <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> you're the guy that everybody's trying to not have drink anymore. Because they're not <laughs> yeah. to have more drinks. Isn't that what happened last Christmas? So either way, the, the night's going good. I find like all these, Christmas cookies come out there. There's not a better oh, like yes. when you when you find your groove of oh, there's a ton of Christmas yeah. cookies. I can have as much as I want. No one cares. <laughs> like they want you to eat. Oh, try everything, right? Yeah. That's what yes. they're all there for. Yep. And no, I've, I've hit my groove. Like I'm I'm having a bunch of wine, but I'm not overdoing it, so I'm doing good. Um, a good time and everything. I, I was curious about this, though. I was talking with one of the people who lived at this house, and I, I asked him because they've got a bunch of a real nice couch set up. It's very cool. And I asked him, I said, well, hey, where oh, do you yeah. normally where do you normally sit when you're here? And he said, well, actually, I sit right where you were at. Oh, but I, but but you're a guest. So I didn't say anything. So what do you what do you guys do? He didn't go out of his way to say, hey, you're in my spot. But when I asked, I said, where do you sit? He was like, well, you were actually in my spot. What do you do? You guys have you ever sat in someone's spot? How do you handle that? Russell, you are now the king of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell that whole family to go eat shit because this is Russell's world style. <laughs> and they're just living in it. Oh, yeah. I think that's, that's a tough I, spot because yeah, you can't just get up immediately. Like you can't you can't you can't no. like just say, like, oh, so sorry and get up. You have to figure out a way to let everybody save face and maybe make it up at a later date, but you have to just say thank you and enjoy it for that moment. So again, it was not, there was no, he didn't say it. The person didn't say anything to me. I just asked and it turned out the spot I'd been sitting in for most of the time while I was there was kind of his spot, but he was very gracious yeah. about it. So that was very nice of him. But the, I got, I get through the first night. Everything's great. Everyone's, we play some games. Everyone's having fun. Whose bed is, whose bed is this that I'm sleeping in? This bed is so comfortable. I love it. <laughs> well, which, woman normally, do you, which woman do you usually sleep in bed with? When well, I usually sleep in bed, but I guess it's fine. Which chair am I sleeping in? Oh, okay. Which porridge, which bowl of porridge is my porridge? Oh, okay. <laughs> Russell Ox of the three bears shouldn't have so, ended that so every, everything implied. goes everything goes well the night the night um that night so the next day um the goal was eventually to get to my family's we realized it's probably not happening because of the roads um but I'm fine with that there's no worries there and so we eventually decide well my shotgun rider has another family event at a different person's house so at an aunt and uncle's house what is the rule? Are you obligated to go to two family events at different homes within a 24 hour period? Yep. Oh, what are you going to do if you say no? What's yes. your option? What are you doing? Uh, I'm, actually, I'm just going to stay here and kind of rummage through your guys' stuff. I don't think it's a big deal. Like I'll just stick here and it's no big deal. I don't think it was sticking there. It was, we're either going home, the day is done, or we're going to another, another family type Christmas event within the same day. So the, the, the last question I had, so everything's going well here, but I, you know, when you go somewhere, people are very gracious. They want to offer you a drink. So I get there and uh, one of the people that own this house insists that I have a beer. So I, I grab a beer from them. They give me a beer. I'm, it's very nice of them. I'm having the beer. And then another person who lives at this house comes up and insists 
that I try this scotch that they have. They're a big scotch drinker. They want me to try this scotch. Hello. I finally, I just give in. Fine, what? Fine, I'm happy to try it. Now I'm the guy who's holding two drinks. I'm sitting yes. on the couch no. holding yes. two drinks, and this is when everyone descends on the football room. And now I'm I'm the new guy who's holding two drinks at one time. How do you handle just that? You slam one. Two drinks. Yeah, that's a uh, that's not a great look, Russell. You just down. You just. Hand one to somebody on the couch next to you. Well, that's I, so essentially, I just pounded the beer as quick as I could, got rid of the bottle, and then, uh, then, and then it sat there with the scotch. That's perfect. That is so funny, though, yeah. Russell. You picture like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll have the second drink, and then everybody comes in, and you're it sitting was, there. It was not optimal timing for me. I'll just <laughs> but I will say, everyone was very nice. There, there's nothing. Um, those types of things can be intimidating, but when everyone everyone is very nice to you and very gracious and lets you into their home, it's it's a very nice thing. So I had a great time at both places, and I think I, I survived each of them. But um, we'll see. I might be cut off from wine, Christmas cookies, and other things next time I go to any of these houses. Okay, Russell, when we're done with this podcast, we'll have a real conversation about how it went, what you really thought. <laughs> Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, good, good. I got, man, I've got a, I've got a problem. I, I think I do so well taking these notes. You guys can see you've got the app <laughs> yeah, on yeah, the thing. Yeah. You're typing now. You're not even... I, I mean, and I, I've got the third one now that I have no idea what the fuck it means. So it's flashlight C Menzies. It's what was the other one? It was like, photos of feet. I'm the creeper. Rodriguez. <laughs> of the creeper. <laughs> and now it's elbow guy would have worn nicer socks. Whoa. And I have no idea. Obviously that's about. And I think fest. it has something to do with. Uh, something at a at a fuck fest. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody would have worn nicer mm. socks, or you know, and I'm guy. trying to remember what Maybe it was. Matt needs to but tell I have us no more idea. Now, law holiday party, yeah. right? I gotta say, elbow guy at the fuck fest. That only makes me think of one thing. Macho like, oh, man. No, no, it's Why you, elbow guy. It's yes. you fucking somebody's elbow like this because you thought it was something oh. else in the dark, and you're like. <laughs> oh. You're kind of getting into, that, getting into that crevice. Yeah, you're kind of doing like you know what they used to call the bagpipes, where you do it in wow. somebody's armpit. They'd go like this with their arm. The worst is when they you guys know what I'm talking about. They what flex they a little bit, and you get a little more constriction than you were expecting, Rob. It yeah, they're of, really. Oh, is this the Macho Man. Yeah, they're really Ooh, roping that steer. Yeah, I like those socks. <laughs> Those are nicer than my socks. The best socks for a fuck fest would be one that you get from like a trampoline place. Have you ever gone where you get the special oh. socks that have the grip on the bottom? Man, you could, you could, you could put those feet up on the wall. You could put those feet anywhere. anywhere. You You're wouldn't not like slipping. slip in a tub or anything, would you? No. Yeah. And even if they wanted you to get real slippery for some reason, you know, on a tarp or whatever, uh, uh-uh. you're not moving. You're the king. You're the one-eyed man in the land of the blind. So my hope is that we'll be we'll be in Vegas next week, and I'll be. Slightly inebriated, typing these things up, and then you guys will be able to help me. Taking better notes. Yeah, taking better notes. You know, this is a music podcast. Is this a music podcast, oh, Rosie? I think this must be a music and podcast. And I, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead, only because I I started listening to half this album and then just cut it off because I've been obsessed <laughs> with this band that I didn't really know about. I mean, I knew about them, but didn't really know about them. Called LCD LCD Sound System. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of this dance rock, hippie rock, uh, electronic rock group that came out, and they've got this. There's this new movie, and Rosie's probably heard of it uh, called White Noise. It's kind of really artsy fartsy. It's got uh, Adam Driver in it, right? And I think I it's on Netflix. Yet. Okay, 
it's like one of those movies that cinematography is off the charts. The story itself is just kind of stupid and dumb and wacky, I guess. And so like, it's really cool. But at the end, they have this huge, long, like seven minute outro of all of the, um, you know, all these people are dancing in this uh, like grocery store and it's very choreographed. stuff. It's awesome scene. And I had no idea what the song, I thought it was from the eighties. Then all of a sudden listen to your Favorite station, Rosie, in the Twin Cities here, 89.3 The Current. current. And this song comes on, and it's from LCD Sound Systems, okay? And I am like, what the hell is this band? All right, I I swear to God it's from the 80s. So, Rob, I I think I I told you to tee it up. But they've got this song called New Body Rumba from the movie White Noise. And it is, like, straight up, it's like... Uh, 80s synth pop but it just goes unbelievably cool and I'm like oh this this, you know I've never heard of these guys where are they from and they're like oh this song is from September of this year you know and I'm like holy cow so I'm on this deep dive into LCD sound system that's my you know we talked about the songs that we're playing over and over and over this is my song for this week so it's a good tune man they were I've never listened to them and then it really rocks right here like it really kicks in if you and it's just this for the next two minutes, and it's, oh, man. So, it's Matt, have you gotten addicted drama. to this song or to, like, all their music now? Uh, a lot, all of their music, but this song specifically, especially this last two minutes here, just goes in heavy, like, into, like, a newer sound. But, like I've told you, the synth pop from the 80s, I don't know. Yeah, you I, got a sound. You definitely have a sound, Matt. I got a sound, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, this band it's comes along, and it's like, holy, people are still making this stuff, so... So good stuff. That's always that's always so fun, isn't it? When you get it, you get hooked on an artist that is that you really haven't heard before, like, and it's just kind of like a newer artist, and you feel for a fleeting second as a forty year old man, you feel almost hip, right? You feel yeah. almost cool, even though you really you're like a year behind everything. You're like, ah. Now I know I've heard of them before, and it, yeah, I will say. I think Aaron feels album. that every time he talks music with us, guys. Maybe no, not. No way. But Rob no and way. I, for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's the guy. He's the guy with the, uh, the the trampoline socks and the fuck fest. He's the genius <laughs> among the dummies. <laughs> I've actually never listened to LCD Sound System. Well, yeah, they, they, they are on 433, uh, their 2007 album, Sound of Silver. So we will hear them. They, yeah, they were they in the have scene won with the strokes. A, a Grammy. They've, they've been out there. They've got like the best dance album of the year and stuff like that. So, I mean, they've been around, but I just, I, I haven't noticed them, I guess, until this movie and then this song came out and now I'm nonstop listening. So to, I can, I can comment on half of this album, Rob, that we're doing today, Mary yeah. J. Blige, but then I just kind of dropped it and went back to LCD sound system because I, it was too long. So. The second, the second half goes crazy, man. It's all synth pop. That's the weird part <laughs> of the second half of my life. Shit. Oh, I missed it. Oh, well. Rolling going, Rob. How's it going with you? Okay. Now, I actually have three things. Number one, these, I'm going to have two quick things. Number one, did anybody watch New Year's music shows? Again, is it just nope. me? No. Well, I watched a little bit. I did watch a little. But I missed a bunch of good stuff, I think. Like Miley uh, yeah. Cyrus's was really great, right? Yeah, and they had Bell Biv DeVoe was going with Bobby Brown, whatever. A new edition. It was, was new edition. No, that's funny. You texted us, and I was like, hey, turn it on. Bell Biv DeVoe's on. And then we turned it on, and they were like, what the hell are you talking about? This isn't Bell Biv DeVoe. And I was like, oh, no, it's new edition. Yeah, I get it. Wasn't new edition the same as Bell Biv DeVoe minus Bobby Brown? What about Ralph Tresvant? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. Ralph. I forgot about that. <laughs> I, that's actually the first time I've ever thought about Ralph Tresvant. <laughs> Number two, I want to remind you guys how I find my boxers online. One way I have combated getting older. 
okay, is I am doing cool stuff. Now, as you know, last year, my key to buying a Speedo is I did go to a gay clothing store, okay? And that got me a nice Speedo. Everybody complimented me in there. It's great. I have found now the best way to buy boxers. I believe you hit a moon landing at that event, right? Well, that's true. It was oh, through a curtain, though. So it was it was kind of like a natural dental dam between us. Um, but if you if you go on Amazon and you search boxers best bulge, this is the way that you can now buy boxers. I'm going to show you guys my boxers real quick. What do you think of the bulge in these boxers? Check this out. Are we looking on text or what's going on? No, not yet. On video. Look at that. Oh, no, we're actually looking. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, those are not boxers. Those are briefs. Yeah. Well, whatever they are. What, no, they're not briefs. Those that are is, definitely that's, briefs. That's like a lift. You get, you're getting, your ball sack's getting a lift. Yes. Rob, Rob has got confusion over terms with his underwear, I think. This, okay, so how would you, desc- Aaron, describe those underwear in detail and do it slowly, please? They were orange. Oh, yeah. They're quite snug. And there does mm-hmm. seem to be one of those pouches in the front to kind of keep yes. the whole thing high and tight, you know? And everybody it. thinks it's your cock, but it's your balls. Yeah, it's what? a lift. <laughs> it's lifting everything up. It yeah. is. It's it's like a wonder. It's a wonder pouch. Guys, if you are not wearing these kind of boxers, they make you feel sexy as hell walking those around. Those are 100% noises. not boxers, though. They're, they're not they're, boxers, right? They're... They look they're like white, they're, they're orange whitey tighties. They look like yeah. they're not whitey tighties. They have legs. They're they orange, very. They stand up again. There's no okay, legs. I'm, no, I'm going to show you guys. Again. Again. There's no legs on those things. Rob's Rob's too big for those to have legs. Did, what did you fold the legs up underneath? I think well, he's too oh, okay. How about that? All right. I mean, I see those. Don't you get chafing? Do you get some thigh rub? Now, that actually goes together with why they were folded up. I think my body just does that. It kind of eats whatever I'm wearing kind of up into my crotch area. That's just a natural thing that happens. But I thought of that when I skittered to the bathroom. I was like, I wonder if they're wondering what these boxers are about. But third of all, I sent you guys a text. We're not. You listen back to the recording. We are not. I want you to look at that text. I was over the holidays. I saw my family. I was looking at Instagram at something. My dad was looking with me. And I said, oh, let me just go search... Instagram real quick. And I went to one of the most dangerous pages to go to ever in the history of life. And that is the Instagram search page. Now what the Instagram search page does, for those of you that don't know, is it just shows there's a tiny, tiny search bar at the top. It's like 2% of the page. It's almost non-existent. But what it does show you is people on Instagram or photos that it thinks you would like. (laughs) Okay. So according to Instagram's algorithm, AI at its best. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, do you want to describe, just, just pick any picture that I sent you and I will be posting this to the Instagram of my search page. Just pick one picture and tell me which one you're looking at and tell me, describe to the audience what it is. What, what did my dad see on my Instagram search page? Hence thinking that this is what I'm way, way, way into. Sounds like, um, looks like Ronnie Coleman on the Joe Rogan show talking about his body fat percentage. That's the one you pick out. You gotta be (laughs) fucking kidding me. Do you know what a podcast is? Do you know what we're trying to do? I think you're doing the opposite of a podcast. I was messing with you a little bit. Uh, it does look, it appears to be uh, ladies who are jacked. Um, Super are bodybuilders of some sort. Yes. Maybe one or two ladies who Some cartoons, uh, some live pictures. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no cartoons on there, Russell. <laughs> no, Those are all at, people. There's at least th- three cartoons, I think. <laughs> oh. There's not. There's not, Russell. Those are real photos. Those are- <laughs> Zoom in, my dude. So these are Amazon women, huge, roided up women with six packs wearing bikinis. And almost every photo is like from the crotch up. It's the dirtiest looking photo. And this is what came up when I showed my dad my Instagram of like what I said. So my dad now thinks 
that my like fetish is bodybuilding women. Is he wrong? And you also have Polly from the Jersey Shore on there. It looks like <laughs> we're in a shirt that says "Full Send." Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the vibe I'm giving off for sure. I this Instagram page disturbed me. I thought about it for days. I, I cannot imagine a dad. I because on one hand, what if my dad turned to me and was like, "I'm proud of you, son." <laughs> Listen, we are talking it's about my life by Mary oh, J. Blige. Oh, we're talking music. This oh. album, okay, this is kind of, I mean, this is really, in my mind, the quintessential 90s hip-hop soul album when you really think about it. Like, this is, and I've, I have, how familiar were you guys with this album? Just real quick. I don't At think all? I've heard, I don't think I'd heard any of the songs before listening to I, it. I know several of the songs, but definitely never listened to the album all the way through. But yeah, it's 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 genre defining. I mean, it's Bad Boy doing what Bad Boy does. Yeah. So Mary J. Blige, it's an interesting story. She actually recorded a song in a recording booth in a mall. And her mother's boyfriend took that tape and gave it to somebody at Uptown who sent it to uh, Andre Harrell. Who is that right here, Andre Harrell? Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah. And so. so we've talked about Andre Harrell before when we talked about uh, Biggie, I think. And basically, she got brought in to work immediately with Puff Daddy on an album called What's the 411 because her past job was that she was actually a 411 operator, which I think wow. would be a great job, right? People would call and be like, hey, what time is this movie show? You look it up, you'd be like, ah, 820, you know, and everybody'd be, oh, thank you. I'd rather be a 511 or 611 operator. I don't remember what it was, but it's the one that tells you what roads are closed in southern Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, that, not that it was the first time I've ever looked at road closures on that website. but <laughs> So what's, what's the 411 was released on 1992, her first album. It peaked all the way up at number six and it went triple platinum. So she was a superstar right out of the bat. She goes into the studio 93 to start recruiting my life. And now all of a sudden she is battling alcohol addiction. She's battling drug addiction. She is battling depression. She's in an abusive relationship with some shithead named uh, KCI from Jodeci. And now this is the first album where she writes lyrics and she's writing lyrics about all these things that are happening in her life. And when you listen to this album, you're like, oh, this is kind of a fun, funky album. And then when you start reading the lyrics, you're like, oh, this is a super depressing, super funky album. Uh, and in 1996, this was nominated for the best R&B album at the uh, 38th Grammy Awards, which of course, uh, uh, th that award was won by TLC for crazy, sexy, cool, but it also had D'Angelo Brown sugar. It was going against uh, Prince, the gold experience. And then this is weird. Barry white, the icon is love. Like, can wow. you imagine Barry white being there? He's like, I've, I'm going to get my ass kicked by these albums. Nobody's ever heard of this album. <laughs> I think, isn't he sampled on this record? He is, he is, yeah, I absolutely think, yeah, he, is. he is. And you know what the record of the year was that year? Kissed by a rose. Been kissed oh. by a rose on the wind. I knew that. Oh, wouldn't, man. It, wouldn't it feel kind of shitty to lose a Grammy to someone who sampled one of your songs? <laughs> <laughs> and now I the best podcast yeah. of the award of the year award is. <laughs> Paul's Boutique remix by some other guy. <laughs> we thought we had a good one. Well, this was, I mean, yeah, this album, this, I mean, we talked a little bit before the show, this album's full of samples because that was Puffy's whole thing. He was just like, oh, well, if the song was good once, it's probably good to just redo it again. And it's going to work for people who know the songs for nostalgia purposes. And it's going to work for people who've never heard it because it's already a good song. 
He, he's and he's not wrong. So this album gets uh, it, it. It again, this her second album, certified triple platinum, like a giant genre defining album. Like Aaron said before, Aaron, real quick before we start, can you explain how this album uses samples differently than like the Beastie Boys that we just listened to? I think it it comes a lot closer to interpolation, or even getting in some of these cases, getting closer to just straight up covering a song. It's not really. Yeah. Burying the samples or or trying to make us guess what it five is. or six notes over repeated or something like that or right. you know, like the hook or something yeah exactly I mean it's really just like using big swaths of of tunes exactly Matt and and laying them down so like the point is to recognize the song and to say oh I think I recognize that and then it's updated intro I'm I'm gonna go through those spoken intro ones so fast. They are you gotta waste have puffy space. on, right? It's not a, it's not a bad boy record if you don't have puffy on the voicemail. <laughs> what are the other big bad boy records? I don't I don't know enough about bad boy or or Mace, hit makers. Or what, what are the other big killers out there? Both Biggie albums, uh, Ready to Die and Life After Death. Matt's right, Mace, uh, One Twelve. Uh, I mean, the Locks then. Maybe state property, but yeah, I mean Biggie would the would be the big one, and then um, Mace, his Harlem world was like massive, right? Looks like Machine Gun Kelly is currently uh, an act. French Montana, he's pretty good. Um, Bow Wow is no longer that. Little Bow Wow. <clears throat> Janelle Monet, probably a song you know? I've heard more than any other song in my life, and not by choice, not once, not once have I chosen to listen to this song, and that is I'll Be Missing You. Yes, by of right. course Mary J. Blige <laughs> yeah. and Faith Puff. Evans. Yeah, is that Faith Evans? That's yep. Faith. Uh, yeah. Faith His, Evans, uh, B- Biggie's ex or uh, wife. Yeah, you know. That's yeah. One. So Faith Evans and P Diddy, and it's just I heard that song. I bet one conservatively one billion I, times growing. I was up, a never much bigger choice. fan of the version that was like the dinosaur version. Uh, what was the was it Godzilla uh, the, on the Godzilla? I like the Godzilla version better. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Jane, all night long. According to Wikipedia, this was the third single. But the Wikipedia entry also said the video has them doing some real crazy dancing. So I'm starting to get suspicious as we move down the list how accurate these sources are going to be. Yeah, this is the one that's just like almost a straight cover of the the Mary Jane Girls song. I was thinking of you, Rob. I heard the harp on some of these samples here. Didn't your aunt play a harp or something when you were a kid? Oh, no, I've got a cousin now who plays the harp. Oh. They've got a harp in their house, and if I went over, I could ask them just to play the harp for me, and they would. I wonder if Deborah Beck is listening to this one. Aaron, that is a poll and a half. <laughs> Who's, who is, okay, who is Deborah Beck? Remember? Beck did it better on the harp player. From like when it comes to harps ago. on the record, yeah. who does it better? Yeah, we might need to find that. Let's That's go back one. in time to when we talked about the harp. Rob, I'll find <laughs> it. Drop, we'll drop it in. I'll find it. It would be tough, though, wouldn't it? If you were going back in time to talk to a person that was playing the harp, you'd be like, okay, let's go back. Let's remember that time I talked to my aunt who played the harp, and that's like this, right? When does one hey, harp end and the hey, other one begin? Hey, Rosie, uh, d- improv with me. <laughs> hey, hey, Aunt Rosie, how are you doing? Are you still playing the harp? Yeah, I've been playing the harp the whole time. Oh, here. are you playing it right now? Yeah, I'm playing the harp. I'm really okay. That's a wait a minute. I'm going further. I'm going further back. Oh, wait, <laughs> I just, where well, am I, I just now? Trying to practice my arpeggios. I don't understand. Oh my god, I'm 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 in an ancient land, I'm surrounded by troglodytes, ancient humans, ancient humans, and they're coming at me. They have bones, ancient weapons, bones. They seem to have some sort of raw culture that seems to be undeveloped. But here, somebody brings out a a tiny stringed instrument and. 
Hey, Thog, uh, what are you what are you playing over there, Thog? What is that? Oh, it's a it's a harp. Have you ever heard this before? It's a, it's a beautiful oh, sound. Harp is so interesting. Oh my god! Now I go farther back in time. <laughs> it's me, space, nothing. Okay, <laughs> this is the sixth day. God created the harp. Hey, Rob, check out this note. It's a harp. Oh my god! Where am I going now? This is crazy. I'm not editing any of that out, Russell. Don't <laughs> that was a great bit. Rob, haven't you noticed I don't edit out boring stuff anymore? I only edit out when Aaron uses inappropriate terms in association with parody songs that are inappropriate. To be fair, when I had to beep out a dirty, dirty word that Aaron said last time, he was saying, good job, Rob, for not saying this word. <laughs> saying He's congratulating me. So you bring me, just like my friend when I didn't want any more mounds, Uh-oh. you bring me joy. I thought this song was absolutely fantastic. The beat was banging. I really enjoyed. It. This was one of my favorites yeah. on the album. I also I gotta give some I gotta give some credit where it's due. My we were listening to this in the house, and my lady was like, "I think she stole Prince's flow from Get Off for this one." From Get Off? Yes. And obviously, she's not gonna credit. Nobody's gonna credit Prince because he wouldn't have cleared the sample, but. Yes. It sounds the same, right? It's there, right? That is a pull. I'm impressed. It's also a great song. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan that your wife always goes after female artists, though, and accuses them of stealing male artists' <laughs> yeah. music. Uh, guys, I think we need to do a video breakdown of the video Get Off. I'm seeing you know, a lot I, of interesting things here. <laughs> I'm going to need to order more dental tabs if we're doing that, right? There's a lot of women on tarps in this video. Like, the, the time is a flat circle, I swear to God. And wait a minute, what is that that Prince is playing? It's a, oh, is it? Hey, Prince, you're, you're, now you're back in Minneapolis High School. You're playing basketball. Oh, hey, it's a pep band. Oh, what's that oh, one no. guy playing in the pep band? Oh, no. Not editing that out. That's a great bit. The accidental confused time traveler. And ah, well, geez, there you go again. <laughs> the guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hates time traveling, but secretly loves it. I just can't stop time traveling. Okay, wait a minute. Just one second. I'm sorry, guys. Play harp at end as <laughs> okay. <laughs> Had to write that down. Uh, Marvin interlude. Oh god. Wait, is there a harp in there too? <laughs> I was reading one of the big producers on this was someone called Bob, Bob Brockman. And their name was yep. either, I couldn't decide if their name was the coolest nickname ever or the worst. It's either Bassy Bob Brockman, which would be an amazing name, yes. or Bassy Bob oh. Brockman, like as if he's a bass fisherman. <laughs> yeah, bass and master. I couldn't tell. So. I think it's Bassy because I saw him one time. I walked into a room and he looked right at me real quick as soon yeah. as I moved and he goes, Take me to the river. <laughs> I walked into the room and he was noodling something in the corner. <laughs> this is one of the few podcasts where you will get a big mouth Billy Bass reference. Uh, I'm the only woman. Now, can I just admit something to you guys? The problem I had with this album. I, I think it's a great album. I love listening to it. I listened to it a ton this week at work. It helped me get through a really stressful week. Almost all these songs sound the same to me. Like, I could put this on random. I could put it in the straight play. I don't think I'd know the difference. I love the sound, but... 
I was I took a, about a four hour drive. It was not to my shotgun partner's home. It was a different place this weekend. But I was driving back and I was like, perfect opportunity. Put this on. Be over in an hour. No problem. I had to stop the album three or four times and go to something else because it was just doggedly beating me down with the same thing for way too long. Album, I know Matt had maybe mentioned this in a text, way too long for me. It is. I, I'm telling you, an hour-long album should be illegal. It should, they, she should be in jail. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, Marvin Interlude. Uh-oh. Wait, Guys, I did this one, right? We just did that one. We did do that one. Wait a minute. What's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, My light. No. Oh, it's keeping. So here's the other thing with this album. And I don't know if this is on purpose or not. I just realized that, that the sample that she's using, that they're using in I'm the only woman is also in keep your head up by Tupac and just Biggie and Pac are just, they, they tower over this album for me. They're the piano from who, uh, from, who shot you is in a couple of was tunes. It Dear Mama, or was it Keep Your Head Up? That's what I'm thinking. Ooh, so it's like, child yeah. Get you. And, uh, and then the piano loop from Who Shot You is in here. And so it's just, it's hard to listen because it, it just, these guys were just like towering over the, the sound at the time. Well, the I can vibe. tell you what, what people are not sampling. And that's these interludes. Here's another one. This one is actually by an Arizona quarterback. You might have heard of it. Hey, Murray interlude. <laughs> Very selfish guy. Actually, I know none of us read anything on this album. This is the one thing I read. Yeah, that. This is who shot you. This is, this Nas. is Keith Murray um, kind of redid a, a Biggie verse on this. And the reason they had him redo the verse was the Biggie verse had explicit lyrics. And if they used that in the album, they would have to put the explicit lyric tag on there. And they didn't want to do that. So they had Keith Murray redo the verse. I thought that was pretty interesting. Rob, I don't know if that was the only thing you read. So if it was, I apologize, but. No, I read that actually he had to redo a verse because, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Russell, one interesting thing about this album is that I actually read the something reverse verse. I I don't know. I got lost. Keith Murray was kind of like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper for a while. I know he had an album called The Most Beautifulest Thing in This World, but I don't actually know his music that well. I just like that album title. Most beautifulest thing in the world. That's so good. I love it. He's kind of like Carmelo Anthony of NBA players, right? Aaron, everyone loves Carmelo Anthony, but everyone's like, he's really not that good, but all the players love him. The players love him. Yeah, that's a good good analogy. I got another NBA analogy for this album. I'm going to wait to bust it out. My life. Roy Ayers. I read this song by this is a Royers was sampled 183 times. I was like, that's pretty impressive, right? Right. Wow. I mean, this is a... That's why they call them Ayers Jordan. Oh, another callback. What? I guess to what? Ayers... What is that you a callback? making an Ayers Jordan joke with the xylophone on the dead guy and the whole thing? Jesus Christ. No, I don't remember what we were talking about Air two minutes ago. Deborah Beck harp thing from earlier. I don't know what he's been doing recently, Jeez, but... I guess I've been listening to Beck did it better. Wait a minute. Let's let's see what let's see what he's talking about. Uh, so, Aaron, the thing with this airs guy is something with a xylophone. What do you think? We're improv, Aaron. You have to. Oh like, well, the thing is, it's like if you came, about. you know, it's like he's wearing a T-shirt where he's playing xylophone on a dead guy's ribs. You don't remember oh my this? God, I gotta get out of here. Give me that harp. <laughs> Matt, what's your impression of like the bad boy? I know you're more of an outcast guy. Do you like the bad boy hip hop or you like the R&B or what's your impression so far? Uh, uh, same thing as Rob is it's it's all the same. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just me because I think we had the same thing with uh, Erica Badu. 
you know, or by the end of the album, the three or four great songs, but everything else was essentially the same song. And I don't, trying to figure out if it's me or if it's the genre or what it is, but um, yeah, it's just, I, like I said, I turned it off halfway through because I just couldn't listen to it anymore. I had to listen to something else. It was the same thing over and over. I think this is a great party song though, right? You're having a dinner party, you're having people over, put this thing on, cut out all the interludes. I think it'd be awesome. A great college vibe album. I, yeah. But the it's, best it's, would be watching Rob like jump up like the interlude comes on and he jumps up from the dinner table to go like get to track <laughs> that track. <laughs> to track it. <laughs> you gotta believe. No, I, when I was younger, actually, I used to always play like Weird Al over the whole house stereo. Oh. And I was always like, why are my parents so annoyed with me all the time? And now I realize like we were jumping from like 60s rock to Weird Al to They Might Be Giants on a six six disc changer. So it was just randomly playing songs. Is Casey and JoJo in the background? It is, right? Yeah. What the fuck? This I was one's telling a filler story. to me, but I think she I do think she really turns it out on this one vocally, but there's there's she, a lot of filler on this album. She does have a pretty amazing voice here. And what what did you and your wife talk about her vocal skills at all? What what's her singing ability or what was your guys' impression? My impression is this, and this is my NBA analogy for this album. I think for modern R and B, I think that Whitney and Mariah are the Steph Curry and Reggie Miller of modern R&B singers. Whoa, did not see Reggie Miller coming there as the second name. For me, Mary J. Blige slots in at the Ray Allen slot, where she's still great, but I don't think she's God tier up there with Whitney and Mariah, which I'm going to give away my my album rating, but but I think she's great, and I think she's got a lot of soul in her voice, but I don't think she's up there with, with Whitney and Mariah. What was his... Was he the one... Was Ray Allen the one with the tweet... Yeah, I think he did make some. Uh, yeah, is that the statements switch? on Twitter that didn't? Is that didn't the switch so tweet? Well for him. Yeah, <laughs> his Ray Allen tweet. I'm getting there when you masturbate. Think about my cl- tongue on your clit, switching back and forth with my dick and my tongue. What a classic Ray Allen tweet! So that is who Aaron is comparing this to. That's what Ray Allen tweeted out. Obviously, it was That's supposed right. to be like a DM to somebody, and he it. pushed tweet. Oh. it's so funny what guys think is sexy when they say it. And then when you read it, you're like, wait, you're going to switch back and forth. Like, come on, like, really? I mean, I mean, what are you in a hotel room? Switching Robbie, back and forth. Give me a see break. That, that movie with Jesus Shuttlesworth, he got game. He, he had game. He did have some game. That's true. That, yeah, that's true. He had some game in that movie. I never want to live. He, he definitely ran a three man weave in one of the scenes. <laughs> three man weave. I remember when I was in middle school basketball, we were running a three-man weave. Everyone else on the team knew how to run a three-man weave. I had no idea what I was doing. It's tough to run a three-man weave when you don't know what you're doing. I guess they had to give the two sex songs in a row, right? Like, in case you're taking your time with it. Do you think Aaron can hear me? Can Aaron hear what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I can't. I, I'm starting to Rob, think maybe mute. I'm not that Rob funny. <laughs> Wait, Aaron, am I on mute? <laughs> You say yes, Aaron. That's the joke there. Okay. Uh, I never want to... Where are we, guys? Sorry. I think I'm going down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going down. Speaking of Ray Allen. This might be this, my favorite track. So this is, a, this is another one of those just covers, right? This is a Rose Royce song. When all the music and instruments kick in, it's amazing. 
Well, the, the original is amazing. I mean, this is it's a perfect song for the cover. This part right here, how do you not love this, right? Yes. Rob, you got me on that one. I did not know it was Rose Royce. Rose Royce. My only problem with this is that it's literally, because I, I was going to pull the Rose Royce song as a sample. Something Rob said. I know. I'm, so I'm, you get I'm for not listening to him, Aaron. He doesn't listen back. <laughs> this is the Rose Royce version. This is my problem. It's literally the same song. It's just the same. Yes. Can you fast forward when the music all, all the instruments kick in? Yeah. When is it? Oh, yeah. see, it's, man, you right? hear this, and now that Mary J. Blige version is kind of Ooh. bullshit, isn't it? Right. Yeah, this sounds kind of watered down. It's, I don't know. I mean, that, that Rolls Royce, that's what I mean, is I was going to pull a sample and be like, oh, this it's just not different at all. It's a great song, but it's my life, my life, my interlude. No. All right, thank you. Be with you. I don't know if we'll hear it on this sound clip, but this is where there's that there's there's that G Funk snake right here. Oh, we talked yeah, about yeah, that many That's years right. ago on the Dr. Dre, and I think it was the yes. Chronic, where that G Funk sound with the snake kind of twisting around. I yep. love that. If this was a 40 minute album, it would be perfect. I think I think it would be a perfect album of this genre. Mary's Joint. Hey, I got a question. Yes. Did Mary J. Blige perform with Dr. Dre at the Super Bowl? Yes. Yep. So, so typically you don't see like the crossover. Like if she was with, was she ever part of Puff Daddy's label or how, how does that um, work? Like you don't see many hip hop artists that are part of kind of both those labels, right? That's true. Yeah. I don't know who she was recording for when she did, but he did the, um, what the hell's that song? Oh yeah, what is that? Yeah. I think Dre did that beat, but I don't know who, what label she was on when, they, when that happened. That's a good, good point, Russ. I, th- I kind of think that whole uh, halftime was just literally like the Mount Rushmore of rappers in R and B. You know, kind of thing. That's why they had uh, you know Dr. Dre and Snoop, and then they had um, Eminem. You know, they had to throw a few. Those are all like Dr. Dre produced West Coast, right? They all were, right. But I mean, Eminem's from Detroit. I mean, you know, they were all all in the Dre family tree. And so Mary kind of joined the Dre family tree later. Aaron, 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 I love you. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm good, man. No, no, no. That was the next song. I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) He he was cutting you off and then saying the song. (laughs) This is Isaac Hayes' Ike's Mood sample. Okay. Album sounds good in headphones, man. Sounds really good. Well, yeah, it's, he knew they were good songs. Like, oh, these are good songs. Just gonna it's, play them it's again. Full, it's lush. I, I mean, what? So, how is this? A, how is this Diddy style? Like, what makes this a Diddy album? Well, I think ripping off songs wholesale. I mean, I think like uh, you know, a lot of people took took issue with his use of music in this way. Just, yeah, but if you, you know, notice, more brazen about using material from others. But nobody had ever done a song before called I'll Be Missing You. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, something to think about. Until they did it on the, the Godzilla movie, right? <laughs> well, no, I was making a joke because it's a Sting song called I'll Be Watching You. But, no. <laughs> so, technically, I was right. Uh, no one else. 
It's interesting. You guys hear that? There is no competition. There is no competition. I was like, I know what that is. Do you guys know what that's from? Is that any Kamosi? It's not. Is that any Kamosi is a statement I have never said in my entire life. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll give you a warning. We're about to say is that I need Kamosi again in here a few yes. minutes here. But, All right. Uh, I actually was looking, and that's actually a sample from Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh's song Lottie Dottie oh, right. from 1985. So maybe, Rob, can you pull up that right. um, the original version of but, uh, that? When it comes to me and my friend Doug Fresh here, there is no competition because we are the best. Oh. Finesse and press, which we So that's there. There is no competition. That we are the that's nice. And I started looking at this, and it turns out this Lottie Dottie by Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh is one of the most sampled songs ever. It has right. been sampled 1,084 times at least. I thought Whoa. that was insane. Whoa. So I thought we could do a list, and we're not going to talk about sampling of the music, because if you go back and listen to that, it's the lyrics that are amazing on that song, and the lyrics are so good. So I thought we could do a list of the greatest lyric samples ever from Lottie Dottie by oh, Slick Rick and great. Dougie Fresh. Like this is great. This is such this a good list. I'm already fun. excited for this. Snoop comes to mind right away, right? Oh, we'll get, we'll hammer that, that one right off the bat, I think. This I, fun. I'm going to say, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I love how Slick Rick sounds. I cannot get enough of I could hear Slick Rick. If Slick Rick read an audiobook, I would listen to every one. He's another favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Ghost loves Slick Rick. Let's get into so, it. So before we get into the best songs, I had to give you guys some of the amazing lines from this song that were sampled but couldn't make the list, but they're still amazing. We have to go through some of these lines, I'm, right? I'm here for it. Yeah, let's hear it. So the first one is, okay, party people in the house. Party people in the house. Great line sampled by Criss Cross in the song Party. Oh, nice. <laughs> Here's another one. Just some... Just some men that's on the mic, and when we rock up on the mic, we, we rock, rock the mic, the mic right. right. Sampled by Ludacris, <laughs> Robbie Williams on some song, amazing lyric, right? Yep. Just to see, just see, to see you smile and enjoy yourself, because it's cool outside when you cause a cozy condition that we create, because that's our mission. S- amazing line sampled by LL Cool J, "Stand by Your Man." Jeez, and so uh, Tim McGraw. Just to see you smile. Yes. I yeah. do anything. So Tim McGraw is sampling Slick Rick now. You know, I, I edit out every time Matt has mentioned Tim McGraw on this podcast. It's almost every episode. <laughs> Another one, because this type of shit happens every day. Another fantastic wow. line. The Junior yeah. Mafia um, on Player's Anthem. De La Soul uses that one. MC Ren Aaron, that's one of your favorite rappers, right? Out of content, on the song, right? this type of shit, he samples that through the whole thing. Eminem. Slick Rick even samples himself on that. That's so badass when you sample <laughs> yeah. yourself, right? A, a few others. I'll try to get through I, these. I, quick. I'll tell you what, Russell. I cannot. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine. All them. I want to do is make love to you. <laughs> <laughs> Another couple that were I thought really interesting. I woke up around ten o'clock in the morning. Like that's not always sample, but that's a huge influence on hip hop. All these songs always start off with like. Um, starting in six the morning, in the like morning. Ice yeah. T, six in the morning, Ice Cube. It was a good day. Tupac changes. All that stuff comes from this right. song by Easy Slick morning. Rick, right? Yes, yes. I said, "Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the top choice of them all?" The mirror said, "You are, you conceited bastard." Another great <laughs> line. Like these, the, the, like Rob, 
you threw on your new pair of Gucci underwear today. Like this is fantastic, it's, right? Yeah, I put and I did put on some baby powder too. So this. All is, right, so I could keep going forever. These lines. This is. I think this that song has the greatest lyrics in the history of music. If you go back and look at it, it's all over. But so the first song is. That's a great um, we're just, we're just going to start with Lottie Dottie. We like to party. We're going to play the original version from Lottie yeah, Dottie back it. in 85. You know what? Your people is Lottie Dottie. We like to party. We don't yeah, we got Doug Fresh on the beatbox. Nobody wear just some men that's on the mic. And when we rock up on the mic, we rock the mic. For all of y'all, keeping y'all in help just to see you smile. This is so good, isn't it? Yes. Because cool yes. Slick Rick always sounds like he's smiling, doesn't he? When he's rapping, he's kind of like kind of sneaky. So Matt actually mentioned the sample we're going to pull on this one is actually Snoop Dogg, who essentially twisted the whole song and almost covered the whole song, but it's from Doggy Style 93. It's Lottie Dottie. Check this out. He has the same type of tone and tempo. We like the party. We don't. Oh, and we got the whistle on his trip, but it sounds kind of sinister. Just a second on the mic. And when we rock up on the mic, we rock the mic. I mean, two guys who have very distinct voices that are so different than other rap guys. I don't even want to tell you guys how much time I spent looking for a Stuart Scott version of Vladdy Dottie. He uh, likes to party. Yes. And it is not on the internet. No. They have scrubbed it from the internet. You can't find it. That's whack. I don't want to tell you guys how many hours I spent in Russell's dorm room listening to that song on Death Row's Greatest Hits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next song on the list. We have to go. You guys will remember this. It's the phrase hit it. We'll go to the old version first. Check this out. So listen close, um, so you all don't miss uh, as we go a little something like this. Hit it. There's that hit it. You guys, you guys will know yeah. that sound, right? Yes. So yes. this has been covered by NWA, the Beastie Boys, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Eminem. Those are just some of them, but the one we're gonna start with. We're gonna we'll, we'll jump to the high stepper. Aaron wanted to hear Ani Kamosi. We'll hear Ani Kamosi. Yes, isn't that not badass? Oh, that's so good. This is, I mean, this is a top ten song of our youth. This thing. Is it because he's the lyrical gangster co- committing yep. a metaphorical murderer? Excuse me, Mister Officer. I believe you're correct. Great song, right? Yes. What is he? What are they saying there? And and if you tell me the truth, I might just die because I've always wanted to know the lyrical gangster. I'm the lyrical gangster. Oh no, no, I get no. I know that part. Here comes the hot stepper. Where they go? Word up, murderer. They're saying murderer. murderer. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought they were saying word up. I mean, that would be cool, too. That'd be all right. Thank you, Aaron. That is cool. Thank you. That's very cool. (laughs) That hit it is so good, though. It's sampled on so many songs. Another one, we had to play two of them. The other one is from Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, It Takes Two. Yes! I'm going to rock right now. And I love how it used, like, the the low zombie voice or whatever, like, the low alien voice, like, Rob claims I sound like in the last song here. Yeah. I I thought, I'm not going to give you guys too many facts. The one thing I thought was interesting about this is 
1989 Spin Magazine ranked It Takes Two as the second greatest single of all time. I saw what? that. It was like they should have their magazine privileges revoked after the that, second? right? That's what we had to touch on was a great line. This is the original version is TikTok, you don't stop. A great oh, line. Oh, right? to the heart. Oh, TikTok, you don't stop. To the heart. I did not know this was from Slick Rick. It's at the very end of the song. You have to look for it. It's at the very end. Do you guys know the famous song that, that samples yeah. that? What is yeah. it? Color me bad. I want to sex you up. Yes. You know, stop, stop to the heart. Tick tock, you know, stop. And they kind of put it down there in the hook. It becomes part of the percussion kind of a thing. This is right. Remember when we got into that New Jack swing? This was yes. written and produced by, I believe we talked about, Elliot Strait, who was known as Dr. Freeze, was the guy who wrote Poison for Belle Bib DeVoe. Oh. This is a great song. Still great. This song always, let me stop it here so I can edit this out. But this song always makes me think about having sex standing up. Really? An impossible dream. Never going to happen. <laughs> but it makes me think about it. To dream the impossible dream. To reach yeah. the unreachable. Do you, think, do you think Jenny's still up? you think I could text her that too? <laughs> Minus to see. Well, I was going to say, Jenny is simply not strong enough. She can't pick me up. So it's, oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Just the, the mental image. How's that? How's that? Swinging me around like a windmill. <laughs> she, she'd have to be like holding you by the armpits, right? And like, oh yeah. my god. Oh, I'm Don Quixote would look at me and be like, I'm charging that thing. <laughs> I give you all my love today. Oh, Ricky, 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 can't you see? Oh, there we go. What is this gonna sound like? Man, you got this one? Biggie, 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 can't you see? You got it, man. Hit, hit yes. that one, Rob. I never knew yeah. all this stuff came from the same song. Did you guys know that? No, song? I had no idea. No, I didn't know. Wow. And Aaron, I believe, I believe that Hypnotize also sampled a Herb Alpert song, right? Does it really? Uh, it samples a Herb Alpert song called Rise, and the reason that sample came was Biggie, when he was a kid in the 70s, Loved that song by Herb Alpert, and that's why they used it for Hypnotize. Oh my God, that's fantastic. And that actually, that that's a great point because the one thing, like I, I've maybe been harsh on Puffy's tactics with this album, but he definitely was a kid listening to the radio in the 70s. Like he loves the music mm-hmm. and he's got an ear for it. And I think he also was playing, you know, he was playing the game of, well, this was on the music that the radio stations I listened to but crossover white audiences aren't going to recognize this music, but they're going to know right. it's good. So they're going to buy it. Last song and the first single off this album. This was mm. the first one. Be happy. It's good enough where I give it a B plus happy. You guys don't. Come on. We're just having fun. here. This might be a Curtis Mayfield <laughs> sample too, right? Oh, I wouldn't have picked it out, but you're probably right. I believe it's you're so good to me is the sample. Ooh, I don't know that song. I do. There's a, there's a lot of writing about you know if you read about this album much you know a, a lot of people really took a lot from it in terms of the the strength of, of her story, Rob, that you told about getting through adversity, and I think a lot of people take a lot of inspiration from from this album. And so closing with that one, I think spoke to a lot of folks. All right, let's get into the rating system. I normally like to do it on a joke or something like that, but, but I wasn't telling a joke. Couldn't jump from Aaron's thing to a joke. I, even I could not do that. 
back did it better rating system. Oh, oh yeah. Now listen, okay? You have to think about this album just like you would the song Lottie Dottie, We Love to Party. Now, if you think this album is just fine, and guess what? It doesn't bother nobody. Okay, does this does this belong at 126? That would be a rolling well toned. Okay. Is this song, is this album too high on the list? It's too good. It's not that good. You know what? It thinks it's good and it's not. And that's why it's a real conceited bastard. This is a rolling groan. It should not be this high. Oh, I had the gong where I had groan. I almost said gong instead. That'd be crazy. I'd start the show again. Or here comes an edit point right here. Or is this song, is this album better than we think? It should have been higher up on the list, which of course we know is a lower number. That would be like hitting the mic, right? Okay. And that would be a rolling <laughs> bone. It should have been higher on the list, a lower number. It got boned. What do you think, Matt? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown from 1994? My Life by Mary J. Blige. What do you think? Um, I It's, you know, like I've said, it's just not for me. I think it's rolling grown should be lower on the list. Um. I think you could clearly hear her talent. And I think if you read her backstory, she's uh, 100% an inspiration to everybody that came after her. And, you know, just generally uh, she's overcome a lot in her life, which is a great story. Um, But this album just doesn't do it for me. I'm going to say rolling uh, grown should be lower on the list. Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown Mary J. Blige? I thought it was beautiful music. The samples that they're using are absolutely fantastic. You, you drop her voice in over these samples, and I think it's a great combination. I love listening to it. I will say, when I listened to it the first time, I had to stop numerous times and go listen to something else. It was too repetitive for me. If you take a great movie, but the movie's 40 minutes too long or something, it's hard to get past that. And for me... It felt repetitive. It, it was hard for me to get through the whole album. So if one of these songs popped up on, up on my playlist, I would love it and enjoy it. I don't want to listen to an hour and 10 minute, minutes of it in a row. So for me, it's a slight rolling groan, a little too high on the list. It's like when you when you find a porno online and you find the full like 40 minute version, you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward to about 12 minutes into this thing. Uh, <laughs> Is it 12 minutes for everyone? Like this? That's yeah, it's, it's, it's like a song. 30 seconds in is the best part of the song. 12 minutes in is when they're just about to close a real estate deal, but the one woman is realizing the loan doesn't go through, and she's like, well, I need to buy this house. What can I possibly do to make this work? <laughs> Rob, do you, uh, ever, do, you ever, do you ever get why like Why do you have only, so many dental dams on the ground? What? Rob, do you ever only get like 13 minutes in then and then wonder what was in the rest of like the 32 minutes or not? No, again, I do that thing where it takes me a long time to jack off. Everybody loves that. Very fun. Roll why is there a sweat stain on the couch? This doesn't make any sense he's working out the bench press is right next to it that's what happened in the tub <laughs> tub aaron what do you think rolling well-toned rolling bone or rolling groan yeah i think russell makes some really good points the formula works when it works the the, the best songs on here are great um i think there's some filler on here probably for a reason i think it might have been a time where they were trying to fill out enough music to sell a whole cd but they just needed the hits i'm confused why we've got Mary J before we hear from Whitney or Mariah. I don't think that's quite right. And as I mentioned earlier, we haven't heard Dookie yet. So it's got to be a rolling groan for me. <laughs> oh no. Aaron, 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 it's your duty bit. to rank this album. <laughs> <laughs> I would rank this album number two, honestly. <laughs> 
guys, unfortunately, you are all incorrect. Shit. Okay. This album is a rolling 90s sound. Right? Like, if you want to think about 1994, what music sounded like this was it. Well, I was going to do Rolling Too Long, but I think I already might have already done that for an album. So I didn't want to copy myself. I didn't want to sample myself for this album. Uh, let me let me just check real quick. <laughs> we all know it takes, it, it takes Rob way too long to sample himself anyway. This, this, <laughs> oh, sweaty. This, guys, now I got to start the bit over again. Thanks for out here. And you totally distracted me. Going back again. Hey guys, this is episode four of the podcast. Oh my gosh, this podcast is so fun. We're never going to be sick of it. Okay, I'm going to give this album a rolling too long. This will probably not be the best album we hear for the next 10 years. Hey, what's this heart button do? Oh no, going back in time even more. Russell, we're fishing. Here's the deal. Listen, okay, this is it. When you want to hear that 90s, that when I turned this on, it was that quintessential like 90s soul hip hop song. This is a this is a great album if you want to go be transported back to that time in your life. And it's and it's not quite it's not quite Dookie, but it's I actually Dookie would be a stronger reminder of that time in my life. To be honest with you, listen, I fucked this up. What can I do? Next up. <laughs> Now, I just want to tell you guys this. This is maybe the greatest ending joke I've ever written. Nope. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Next up. Do you want to hear the most ironic cover ever of Hey Good Looking? Yeah. It's Ray Charles with modern sounds of country and western. But after that is Queen, so we'll just see you in two weeks. Don't worry about it. Stop the one. There we go. I mean, really, he's saying, "Hey, good luck." Beck did it better. Guys, if if Aaron's ranking was a dookie, and it was my duty to raise rate the album, and Rob gave it a number two. Do you think that Matt's bidet could clean up this mess we left for our <laughs> listeners? I don't know if we get it. Not hope. a strong enough stream. There's not a strong enough hope. stream. For that. <laughs> <laughs> have to unleash the beast on that one. Man. <laughs> yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's not <laughs> oh, we're back in time again. Well, now we got to start the podcast. Over we here. Need we need here. <laughs> we're with, oh, there it is. Wow, that's a nice bulge. See, that's what I'm telling you guys. I think they're great underwear. You should buy them. <laughs> oh, no. Now do we have two post-credit jokes? We have two levels of post-credit jokes? This is a disaster. It's too much. It's too Sting. much. <laughs> that was fun.